Welcome to episode four of After the Checker Weekly Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. We're going to talk a little IndyCar, Formula One, and NASCAR tonight. But before we do so, we've got some podcast news we want to get into first. Our co-host, Matt, is stepping away from the podcast due to personal time constraints. We wish him nothing but the best, and he's welcome back at any time. Secondly, it's going to be a light crew tonight. Koi is out sick, so you guys are stuck with me. But to keep tradition alive, we're going to switch it over to the beer. I am drinking a Four Hands Absence of Light Stout. To me, it's just not fall or stout season without a Four Hands Absence of Light. Also, I noticed this week when I was at the store that the Christmas ales are already out. This is ridiculous. It's not even Halloween yet, and we have Christmas ales out. Also, we're going to be posting pictures of the cans and bottles of the beers we're drinking. So if you guys listening want to check out what we're drinking, you can find those on our Twitter and Instagram pages. So enough about the beer talk. We're going to get right into uh, IndyCar. This past weekend, IndyCar traveled to St. Petersburg, Florida for the Firestone Grand Prix. This was the last race of the season and also the determining race for the IndyCar championship. This was an interesting race because it went from a very clean race for the first half to a caution-filled second half of the race, and there were so many cautions that the safety car ran out of gas. Alexander Rossi led early. He led for 61 laps until he got wide and wrecked alone and ended his day. That left the door wide open for Joseph Newgarden to battle up the pack and win the race, but it wasn't enough to win the championship. So we did see Scott Dixon win his sixth IndyCar championship. So a big congratulations to Scott Dixon. Speaking of the cautions, we saw Takuma Sato, shocking, make a stupid decision and wreck Marco Andretti. He made a poor judgment on a driving line that ended Marco Andretti and Sato's race day together. Takuma Sato has way too much talent to be making stupid decisions like this. He, he, he sometimes makes these rookie decisions that cost drivers that are having good days their entire race. Um, I know that he's a two-time Indy 500 winner, but he just doesn't make veteran decisions that you'd, you'd expect out of someone with his, his talent and his experience. Also caught up in the cautions was rookie Scott McLaughlin. This was his IndyCar debut. We did learn that he will be running IndyCar full-time next year as the fourth Penske car. We are looking forward to see what he can do in a full IndyCar season and wish him the best of luck. The last news from this race, Honda won the Engine Manufacturer Championship over Chevy. In other IndyCar news, Marcus Erickson has announced that he has signed a multi-year deal with Chip Ganassi Racing to stay in IndyCar. So he'll stick around in IndyCar for a little bit. That's it for IndyCar, and we're going to switch over to Formula One. In Formula One, we saw the first Grand Prix at the Algarve International Circuit in Portugal. This race started off exciting with Carlos Sainz leading early, and I think a lot of fans would agree with me that we thought that this was going to be a, a different race with, with no drivers really having any race experience on it. However, it ended up being a Mercedes-dominated race with Lewis Hamilton finishing first and Valtteri Bottas finished second. This did give Lewis Hamilton the mo the record for the most wins at 92, taking the record away from Michael Schumacher. A big congratulations to him. I don't have Coy here to to hate on the guy or rip on him and tell me that the, the record's tainted. The record's the record. They don't ask how, they ask how many. Sorry, Coy. With Botas finishing second, we did see him have a very strong car, and it looked like that he was going to be a contender to win the race, but, you know... Kind of suspect that he developed some overheating issues and wasn't able to keep up with Lewis Hamilton. As I've said before, it, it just seems a little suspect that that there's times that Bottas has a very strong car, but anytime he's challenging Hamilton, he suddenly has 
issues with his car. And while he's supposed to be driving the same car as Hamilton, he seems to run into more issues. Now, I don't know if that's just the way that he's driving, but you'd think that Total Wolf and Mercedes would figure that out to have two equally competitive cars, or they just want Hamilton to succeed. Moving on from the Mercedes drivers, I want to talk about Sergio Perez. He was my driver of the day, as I think he was with most fans and other analysts and media. He had a rough start on lap one. He was spun out by Max Verstappen. He fell to 20th. He climbed to fifth, and he finished seventh. This was a very strong showing from an experienced driver, and he deserves to have a, a good seat next year. Hoping it's going to Haas, but we'll see. Speaking of Max Verstappen, I, I just got to kind of call him out. He's kind of a whiny hypocrite. In practice leading up to the race, he, he spun out Lance Stroll. And he immediately started blaming Lance Stroll that it was all Lance Stroll's fault. Now, I'm not saying that Lance Stroll is completely innocent in all this. But Max Verstappen has this arrogance about him that that because he's got a faster car and he's a faster driver, that, that he's deserved some sort of right away on the track to these quote-unquote lesser drivers, which is what I think that he feels about everybody in his in his opinion. But Max, buddy. You've got nine wins, not 92. You, you, you haven't earned that arrogance yet. And then you turn around, and on lap one, you do the same thing to Sergio Perez and spin him out, and you almost cost him his race. Luckily, he kept calm and he battled back. Speaking of hypocritical, I thought it was hypocritical of the race stewards who penalized Lance Stroll later in the race for his collision, but they didn't penalize Max Verstappen with his collision with Sergio Perez in the first lap. Anyway... Moving on, Coy was right with his Ferrari fanboy fandom and picking Charles Leclerc to finish fourth. If you remember from last week, Coy took the longest route possible to tell us that, that he was going to finish fourth. He said that he was going to finish in the top four, that he wasn't going to finish on the podium, and then I had to step in and tell him he was going to finish fourth. Anyway, moving on, the next race is this Sunday in Italy. This is the third race at this track, but it's a different layout. If you remember, the race at Italy earlier in this year gave us that wild finish where no Mercedes finished on the podium. For this race coming up, I think I'm going to pick. Uh, I think I'm going to pick Sergio Perez after his strong finish in Portugal. I think that he's feeling it right now, and uh, he's going to have a good run. In other Formula One news, Total Wolf was reported telling George Russell not to worry about next year and that he will be on the Formula One starting grid. Currently, George Russell races for Williams, who use Mercedes engines. As you all know, Williams has changed ownership. The Williams family no longer owns it. And I guess George Russell was a little concerned about where he's going to race next year. But, you know, maybe the politics are playing into it that, that you know, George Russell is a Mercedes junior driver and Total Wolf wants his driver to, to stay on the, the starting the starting grid. Um, you got to wonder if, if, if he's maybe going to pull some strings to get him to stay on the starting grid at the, at the new Williams team or maybe somewhere else. Total Wolf did say that it's not going to come down to George Russell's performance, but more of the politics. But it, it's kind of a head scratcher that it kind of sounds like that he's maybe going to inject his own politics into it to keep him on the starting grid. We'll see how it shakes out. You know, there's going to be a, a wild offseason coming up this year that we'll, we'll cover after. All these races are done as I, I assume that this this the driver changes and, and the team changes are going to be pretty crazy. We'll have our hands full with that. The last bit of news I had on Formula One is that Pierre Gasly signed another year with Alpha Tori. He's going to stay with them through 2021. 
And he's a young, promising driver that I think that he wants to make his way back to the the, the Red Bull 1 team, as I like to call it. Alfa is maybe the Red Bull 2 team. But um, with Alex Albon's future uncertain with Red Bull, that might open the door after 2021 for, for Gasly to make his way to the Red Bull team to be Max Verstappen's teammate. I don't know. We'll see. Now we're going to switch it over to NASCAR. It seemed like forever since we were going to get this NASCAR race in. It was scheduled for Sunday. It got postponed to Monday, then to Tuesday, then to Wednesday, and then it got delayed a little bit further into Wednesday. And just a few hours ago, we finally saw that the the, the NASCAR race finished. This NASCAR race at Texas, it, it seemed like it was the, the longest red flag ever, but this was actually the second longest red flag in NASCAR history. The longest red flag dates us back to 1973 at Bristol, and they actually waited two weeks to finish the race. But moving on to the race itself, um, just before Matt stepped away from the podcast, he did predict that Kyle Busch would get the win, and Kyle Busch won. This win was Kyle's 57th NASCAR Cup win. It snapped a 33-race winless streak, and it also extended his streak to 16 straight seasons with a NASCAR win. It was also kind of funny, you know, uh, Kyle does his signature bow with the flag after he wins and, and after the race, it, he didn't do it and the fans are kind of waiting and the uh, the guy doing the interview was like, Kyle, what about the bow? And he just turned to him and goes, oh, it's been a while. So that just kind of sums up Kyle's 2020 season, but uh, good to see Kyle get the win. I, I you know, I'm, I don't hate Kyle Busch like most people do. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I, I think he's good for the sport. And I think he would have been good to stay in the playoffs. I wish that he would have gotten a win sooner to to maybe move him on into this Elite Eight and then maybe into the Final Four and, and, and even possibly go as a repeat champion. Now, to sum up this race, Texas usually doesn't produce the most exciting races, but I think with the red flag extending from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to late into Wednesday, it added a, a little bit of drama to it, but also... Um, Watching Kyle Busch's his gas level and, and if he was going to have enough gas to finish the race added a, a little bit of drama to the race and created some excitement. Ultimately, he, he did have enough gas to win the race, but it was funny after he did his burnout, he did run out of gas and he had to get a push to victory lane. The top three finishes in the race were Kyle Busch at one, Martin Truex Jr. at two, and, and Christopher Bell at number three. Now, Martin Truex coming into the race did have some penalties going against him for an illegal spoiler. Didn't seem to affect him too much as he still finished second place. After this race, the playoff leaderboard looks as such. Joey Logano is still in first with one win. He has solidified his advancement into the next round. Then we have Harvick, Hamlin, Kozlowski that are above the cut line. And then below the cut line is Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Kurt Busch. After this race, you know, Harvick and Hamlin, I don't think that they're safe to make it onto the next round, but they've built themselves a nice little cushion to advance. Um, anything could still happen with Martinsville coming up. Um, one of these drivers below the cut line are going to they're going to look for a win to advance. And that takes us on to our Martinsville coverage. Um, you know, it's the shortest track on the NASCAR schedule. Martin Truex is the defending champion, so you can't count him out. Kurt Busch is, is a really good short track driver, so... Both of those guys are going to look to get a win to solidify their advancement into the next round. Anything could happen. I'm going to roll the dice again. I, I know I picked Kurt Busch last week, but I'm going to pick him again. I, I think he's going to win. I think after he blew his engine and a, and a bit of a, a shaky finish today, he's, he's desperate. He's looking to win. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to win and get himself into the final four. 
Before we move on to other NASCAR news and wrap up for this week, during the delays of this Texas race, which there were a couple, I was able to watch an episode of The Lost Speedways that Dale Earnhardt Jr. host, and I thought that was a great show. It, it, for someone who likes history and racing, it kind of combined the two, and it it, it was a good watch. Uh, Coy, I'm, I'm sure you like the show because, you know, with your old age, that you were in your prime when a lot of these Lost Speedways are running in their heyday, so... I'd love to hear your feedback, and maybe next week we can we can hear about the first NASCAR race that you attended, which was the first NASCAR race ever. Moving on to NASCAR news, uh, Kyle Larson signs with Hendrick Motorsports, and next year he will drive the number five car. Cliff Daniels, the current crew chief of Jimmy Johnson, will move over and will be the crew chief for Kyle Larson since Jimmy Johnson is retiring next year. So best of luck to Kyle Larson. I hope he learned his lesson for what he said and what he did. And, and we can only hope that, you know, he can be positive moving forward. That's going to do it for this episode. Again, I apologize if it's shorter than what you guys are used to. If you guys like the shorter episodes, leave us feedback. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. You can also find us on Instagram at ATC Racing Pod. You can find us on Twitter at ATC Racing Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a rating, give, a, give us a comment, and we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening.